What's going on, everybody? You're tuning into a brand new episode of the Restricted Zone podcast. And as you can see, it's just two of the guys here today, two of the members here today. Myself, Kyrie Hill, will be here hosting the uh, hosting the show. And I got my guest, my best friend, fellow Knicks fan, Elijah, here with us today. Unfortunately. Say what's up to the uh, say what's up to the viewers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's good, everybody? Let's have some fun tonight. Sure, for sure. And me and Liza here talking talk about none other than some basketball right here tonight. We're going to be talking about the 2023 NBA Summer League and what we've seen so far and some players that impressed us, some players that might have disappointed us. Um, and then we're going to shift the topic into we're going to rank our uh, our top, what, top three young cores in the league. And uh, we're going to give you guys our explanations or breakdowns why we got those uh, those young guys, the young cores that we uh, we have ordered the way they do. So we're just going to dive straight into it, man. So, live, let me know what's been catching your eye so far in Summer League. Who's a player or what's a team that's really been impressed you so far in Summer League and has really, uh, really stood out to you so far? So I have two, and they're both positive. One, I want to give a huge shout-out to somebody I gave a I really uh, – if I don't remember what exactly my take was on him last year coming into this, him getting drafted and the way he ended his rookie season. But Jabari Smith, he is he's become just a player that one I thought a player that I thought he could be and I was expecting him to to be coming right into the league. But I understanding the situation he's in, you know, a, a place like Houston where they really didn't have any structure. Now it looks like they're kind of leading into the direction of where they are getting a structure with guys like Ime Udoka, Udoka there. Grabbing vets like Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet, that's a little bit more controversial considering the bread they may, may have paid them. But overall, though, I do feel like they're kind of moving in the right direction, especially the way I've been seeing Jambari. And it really, I really like the way his offensive game has looked, especially off the dribble and being able to get into his own mid-range game. Him just being have that, him having that confidence. I think beginning of the first half of the last season, his confidence was really like iffy, and I think. He was kind of trying to fit into what they thought he wanted him to be, which I thought was like a pick and popper guy, like a pick and pop three and D guy. When honestly, I feel like his game is more centered around just being in the mid range. He, 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 to me, bro, it looks like he's having fun out there. Honestly, like he's enjoying the way he's playing, the way he's playing basketball in the summer league right now, and I'm loving the way he looks. Um, honestly, I wanted to talk before we recorded. I had a little hot take, and I can see him being on the same level, if not better than Jaron offensively, and maybe an overall player. Because I do still feel like a Jabari Parker's Jabari Parker, Jabari Smith's defense is just as potentially good as Jaron's. Maybe not a defensive player of the year, but I do feel like he's a viable switchable defender on the perimeter as well. Yeah, and I want to touch on that because that was something I was really thinking of, thinking about a little bit before the pod too. And I told you it was funny because you brought it up right right after I was going through it. And um, he got a lot of comparisons to Jaron Jackson Jr., who you referenced um, right before the draft last year. And for like for a lot of good reasons, they can stretch the floor. They're long, rangy bigs that are mobile and can block shots and, and are active around the rim. So I could definitely see that it is, we'll call it fair or not, but this is always, in my eyes, at least, always going to be that comparison. And who knows, maybe he can, he can even, there's maybe even a higher peak we don't know about. But for right now, that kind of seems like the peak for me, kind of like a Jaron Jackson mode, and I feel like that's always going to be the comparison throughout his career. But what I think could separate him, and I do, I do kind of agree with that hot take that you that you said, like he could possibly like break that ceiling to be better than Jaron Jackson in certain aspects. And I thought about it in these ways, like on the defensive end, like you mentioned, 
I think Jared Jackson Jr. pretty much has it solidified as being a better paint presence and being a better shot blocker because one, his frame his frame built up a lot faster. <clears throat> That's not saying Jabari's not going to put on any weight or nothing, but he still seems to have like that slender frame that he had kind of coming into the league. And I think because of that, not to say he's not as, he's not really tough because he does battle down there in the paint, but he's not going to be able to hold his own as much as Jaron. And he's just simply not not as good a time in his shot blocking as, as Jaron is. And again, that's not to say he's not, but even like around these certain like at this time like the careers, we could definitely see that Jaron stood out more on that in that part. But on the defensive end, as far as going to the perimeter, I can see Jaron. I'm sorry, uh, Jabari, being better with that because of his build. Where I mentioned it, like he's a little slimmer, he's a little more agile, he's quicker, and when he gets down on in, in his defensive position, he gets really low and he can contain guards really well, and it's hard for guys to get around him. In that slender frame, that that quick like th- those quick feet, they allow him to maneuver screens a little bit better. So I can see him because of that having just as much of an impact as Jaron has, and that's and that's also a given on how the Rockets develop as a team because the Grizzlies as a whole are a good defensive team. We can't right. say that at all about the Rockets. So as far as Jabari goes, I think it does it does matter as well as, as like guys like Sangoon and Tari Eason, who I want to touch on later too, um, as far as who impress us in the summer league. Um, I think it just takes it takes guys around him getting better. But as far as like him containing guards and around the front being able to switch all the time, that's going mm-hmm. to be something that that definitely makes him stand out. And as far as his offensive game. Um, before I hand it back to you, I want to touch on this because it's something we talked about a little bit too. I think he'll be able to ex- expand more and be a little more versatile offensively than Jaron is because Jaron is really a pick and pop standalone shooter from the outside, and he's very good at it. And in the paint, he he maybe one two dribble, uh, maybe hook or like like he gets his points off the offensive rebound or like dump offs. Not too much of a creator where Jabari we we seen it in this summer league. You see his mechanics. His mechanics very, are all there. Very polished. And he, like you said, like, he looked like he's having fun. He looked like he – this is like what he's done back at Auburn. When he, again, back when he was having fun and he was comfortable and he was the main guy um, mm-hmm. offensively, he could, take, he could take some dribbles and hit a step back from three like we've seen. Like we see him do to James Wiseman and was, was screaming like, yo, he, he can't guard me, for me. And we see him take the ball in the mid-range and hit those mid-range shots where I think could really be his bread and butter. And um, he could take guys to the rack. He's 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 quick. He has long arms. He could take guys to the rack with with his athleticism. So I think those traits alone in his game, which I see as not all the way there yet, as far as being down packed when we're talking about him playing with NBA level guys in the regular season, right. but something that we can definitely see him growing into, given mm-hmm. his role with the with the Rockets and how the Rockets uh how the Rockets uh, go forward. But, yeah, I really like that one. If, if you don't have anything else uh, to say about the I want to hear who else you, you, you excited about. So I got one more, and this one is kind of like a wishy-washy one because I still don't necessarily love the pick. Mm-hmm. For, well, love not the pick, but the fit for the team he's on, but I'm starting to understand why they grabbed him. And that's uh, Leonard Miller for the I mean, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, he, He's honestly had a, a good game every game he's played. He's he's honest. What I've noticed from him, he he doesn't need to score points for him to have fun and him to be effective for that team. And I think that's one of the reasons why they grabbed him. Them losing Vanderbilt and halfway through the season, him getting traded to the Lakers, he kind of fills that void in with them. 
And he's a great rim runner. I mean, them signing Nas Reed for a few more years, I feel like he's a great accent piece for him off the bench. A guy that can stand on, stay on the perimeter, occasionally dive into the basket, Nas Reed can dish off to him because he's a playmaking big type guy off the bench for them. Um, I just love him. He's fun to watch. He's the he again another Jaron Jackson S player with his like off mechanics. His mechanics are off. His jumper looks a little weird, but it goes yeah. in. It works for him. Um, but yeah, just another 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 guy that I was kind of high on. I honestly, as far as fit, uh, bro, I, could you imagine him with the Miami Heat right now? Like that would be amazing. The Indiana Pacers, if they had a later pick around that time. Mm-hmm. So, like, the guys, like, the honestly, the Golden State Warriors, they needed a guy with some type of size and energy that they can kind of plug in quick, and I feel like he would have been a potential player that could do that considering the way he plays his game. But, again, I see why Minnesota needed him, them losing Vanderbilt and them not having Torian Prince anymore. They need some type of defensive presence with some type of excitement on the other side of that floor, and he's they, they got that with Leonard Miller. Yeah, and I really love that shout out because you know, just uh, just like you, bro, I was high on him uh, coming in before the draft. We was high on him in last year's draft when we were talking about him coming out, and I've seen him as a first round pick. And I'm I've been watching him these past few games and putting up eighteen and eight, and I'm throwing my hands up like, yo, he's a, he's a first round pick. And the one thing I like about him, despite his his earthy jerky, like unorthodox kind of play style, is that he's very aggressive. And sometimes he can get a little bit of t- a little t- tunnel vision, but when he gets the rebound, he has intentions of going back up with it, either drawing a foul or getting that putback. And when he's driving, he's, he he knows he uses his body well and he uses his frame well to create to create some space and to take contact and, and to get his to get his shot off. So he's shown a lot to really like, and he kind of like you were saying, he kind of changed my perspective a little bit as far as his fit with Minnesota because um. Like you mentioned, backing up Rudy Gobert and Kent Carlos, these towns, like whether they're, like if they're healthy, him and Nas Reed off the bench is a very good fit. They both can rebound. They both can take the rebound and dribble the ball up the floor. Push the floor down the floor, yep. Good passes. Nas has very good instincts of, of if he's not if he doesn't have the rebound, he's out of there. He's running up the floor. And let him know it was a good pass. He's somebody that could find you. So I really like I really do like that fit. I think given what he's shown in the summer league so far, again, his, his aggressiveness, his, his ability to finish at the rim and rebound. I think he could carve him out from minutes like early in Minnesota and not kind of take the journey. We see like with a, a lot of second round picks where they spend some time in the G league, they're getting garbage time minutes. I, I, I guess see Leonard Miller, like honestly, bro, getting like minutes off the rip, like opening nights, like, like, like 14 to 15 minutes a game. Like he just getting his feet wet and just going at every pump because you gotta remember he was playing against some NBA some of these NBA guys last year in the G League Ignite. Yes, so he again and say what you people can say what they want about G League Ignite, but as far as like it goes like with scouting these players and kind of projecting what these guys do at the next level, you gotta keep that in mind that they were playing with guys right below this level and were kind of into the NBA lifestyle and we're like seeing the move how move like a pro being the G League night already. So well, I, I think the I think the future is bright bright for bro to be honest with you. Whether he stays in Minnesota long term on <clears throat> his contract up, but I think the future is bright for bro, uh, bro regardless. But um another another it seems like we're talking about all four men right now. Because another one I wanted to bring up was was a guy we, we mentioned earlier in Tari Ethan. And uh bro in these games I it's and I hate I hate saying it, and it's it's kind of crazy because last season there was a lot of points during the season where 
Tariq Eason seemed to be the better, like better than than Jabari Smith in a lot yep. of ways, and seemed to have a lot of like he seemed to like it seemed like the Rockets trusted him a lot more, especially on the it, defensive end. It was his play style really? He's not too perimeter dependent. He's he's very interior based. He's very mm-hmm. rim run based. He's he doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands to be effective. And I think Jabari was trying to find that identity of how he could be effective without having the ball in his hands. Right. So Tari, he, he's pretty much easy. To, he's a guy that's going to dive right down to the rim. He's going to set picks, roll, and he occasional, maybe occasional mid range if it comes to, comes in, it comes to the opportunity to. But mm-hmm. again, his defense, his interior defense, is just he, he kind of honestly, bro, he's kind of like a he's literally he's like Jarris Walker before Jarris Walker in a way. Like the way the hype Jarris Walker has this year is pretty much what Tari Tari Eason had last year, and nobody really noticed it until he got onto the court once he just started playing for NA. So right. it's it, it's I'm excited for them. I mean, we're gonna talk about the top three young cores soon, and I, I don't want to give out too much, but he's one of the main reasons why I feel like they're gonna have a bright future. And, and the way they they can it honestly depends on how they can rotate these the four men on their roster. They already mm-hmm. let go KJ Martin, which oh, as much more? as I love him. As, as much as I love him and I didn't want him to go, it was it was kind of meant it is right for both parties. I didn't like the destination he went to, but that's another conversation for another day. But but as, he he cared too much for them, bro. He I feel like he cared about winning too much for the Rockets at that point. And I think like with that core, bro, it was kind of and not saying like he was a like not saying like he's like a veteran or anything, but he had pulled and like him leaving really because they were talking just talking about turning him in the beginning of like season last year. But I think. He got to a point where he's a little bit older than these guys, and he was like, "Yo, I'm. I, these guys don't play to really win. These guys don't play a winning brand of basketball, and I want to win, even though I'm young. I'm still trying to earn my minutes. I'm still trying to find my niche. He, that's just the vibes he gave me when I watched him play, because he plays with a lot of passion and he he's constantly out there communicating. Mm-hmm. He's on the bench, and you can tell him when he's angry when he when he's even, upset. Even, even when Jabari hit, even when Jabari hit the game winner, game one in the summer league, he ran right to KJ Martin. Yeah, yep. So like, exactly. it's, it's 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 listen, man. I, I wish it could have worked, but no. Considering they have Jabari and Tari, bro, I, I see why they ended up having to move on. Because at the end of the day, KJ for them is kind of like a he's capped with them. I right. feel like the potential of Jabari and Tari, they have a little bit more potential and upside based on what they kind of came into the league with. But mm-hmm. I, but as far as KJ, I think it's, it's more of what KJ does on the court. Screw outside, screw potential. What he does on the court for them was just fun to watch, and it was exciting to, to always tune into, bro. But one again, last point to see him go. One last point on him before we, uh, I bring it back to Tari is, I'm gonna miss watching him and say I'm gonna miss watching Sangoon pass that result on the lane, bro. Them little dump offs, bro. Them little dump offs, dog. I'm gonna miss the I'm gonna miss the hell out of that, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. That shit was so fun to watch. Like even they, even though they down forty, bro. Sangoon gonna find him with a behind the back baseline pass, bro. He, you know, that, yep. he's a love watcher. I ain't gonna hold you. But back to Tari, bro. I just want to shout out the numbers he's putting up in the summary right now. I just uh, just pulled it up real quick. Twenty three and nine. Put a, uh, averaging a steal a game, I think a couple blocks a game. He's just out there wilding, and like you mentioned, like with that, like his his just defensive tenacity. Like I see it on a constant basis, where he he makes guys super uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and he he his he just has such strong hands and just such quick hands and accuracy. Where he he just oh he just 
so good at ripping the ball away from guys. Whether if somebody gets a rebound, he takes it right back from him, or just on the perimeter, he gets a guy like tri- tripped up. He just can take it right from him. And he's he's off. He's just a one man fast break. Right. And he, whether he's starting, whether he's coming off the bench, he's going to be a viable viable piece for them down the line, like you said, because he just does all the winning things. He does everything you you want out of a player that doesn't excel at one thing on the offensive end like like too much. He's not like not a great shooter. He he improved a little bit going left, but that's still not really his game as, as far as like driving. He makes his plays in transition. So to have a guy like that that can come in, he scraps, he rebounds, he defends, and all of it is, is all of it makes winning plays and all of it at the, is at the right time. Like he he's just such a viable piece for them. So I, I had to shout him out because he, he's been killing it too. Um and, and yo one more, bro. We gotta talk about Mari Bailey because that's another person who we were talking about with. Uh, as, as far as um, no, not even that. As, as far as like, like Leonard Miller, we were talking about who went second round. We were like, yo, he's the first round. He's the first round pick. Been watching Amari Bailey all summer league long, bro, and just he's a first round pick. He is, but I, bro, I still don't like the fit. I see why they did it, but I still don't like the fit. He's another I, he's another guy that could have benefited being on a more developed or established team, a team yeah. that maybe but maybe a automatically playoff squad or a squad that kind of is in and out of that playing eighth seed eighth, eighth to sixth seed spot. So it's again I, I like it. I think he'll end up he'll I think he'll make the best out of it for one. I don't think that's another thing I noticed about Amari. I think he will be a player that can go anywhere and kind of get his mm-hmm. own lane and, and make his own production worthwhile. Um, but yeah, I, I I do I have liked what I've seen from him. I wasn't really surprised considering what he did in UCLA. Um, another guy that you can expect to step up when he need when he needs to, based off track record so far. Um, it's a perfect, bro. Honestly, he might have been, might be a hot take, but he might be like a top seven guard in the draft. He he definitely is in my opinion. He as far as is. maybe point, maybe a top five. Pop seven point guard, maybe not a guard, maybe a point. As far as playing the point guards in, in this draft, I feel like they're they're going to be a lot of hit or miss point guards in this draft, bro. And I feel like you're going to go through a lot of first round hit or miss point guards, and and yeah. we can probably do that later down on the line when we get halfway through this the season. But there's a lot of guys where I feel like they they might just not get the same production as Amari can, bro. And I, I feel like it's just that type of tenacity and the way he plays his game contributes to that. Right, he, he, he again, same thing. He, he makes a lot of the winning plays. He hasn't been efficient really, much like everything. A lot of people in the summer league haven't been efficient. Like a lot of players haven't been efficient whatsoever. And um, I, again, I just see him making winning plays. He's hitting timely shots. He's finding guys. He's competing on the boards. Like he just he just goes out there and tries to win. So I had to shout him out too because he he's just somebody I, I've been enjoying watching so far in the summer league. And and another person is even though. Wemby's been getting a lot of attention, and we, we, we kind of, we're going to talk about him too, of course, because we, we got the, everybody got the news. He uh, shut down. He shut down for the rest of the summer league after two games. But um, I can't remember if it's Justin or Julian, but one of the San Penny Bros, the twins that's on uh, the San Antonio. I think it's Justin. I'm pretty sure it is Justin because I think Julian's on the Celtics. Um, he just quietly signed an extent a deal with like a real deal with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. 
And he's been he's been another guy that I've really been enjoying watching his growth during this uh, during the summer league too because he was a guy that flopped in between the league and the G League last year and was like we we, we gotta we gotta switch up we gotta switch up so Justinian is on is on Boston and, and Julian is on uh the Spurs okay so it was Julian either way both of them are playing pretty good though exactly exactly I think it uh, doesn't the one on the Celtics I think he I think he's like top he's like five number two. Yeah, he's like number two in rebounds right now. Exactly. So, but uh, with Julian on the Spurs, he showed a lot of growth as far as his shot creation ability and his ability to his ability to get to his spots, use athleticism to beat guys and, and get into the rim. He it's a mob, he, he won. He had the body, like he had the poster of the, of the summer league, in my opinion. That joint he had and yeah. guys over over Wemby. Those were like it was up there for the top two for me, but he had one of the top bodies of the summer league for me, and he's just been a madman like as far as getting to the rim and playing with the toughness that I seen him play back when he. I'm, I think that was the one that was at St. John. I'm so bad when it comes to twins, bro. I, I can't tell none of them apart, but I'm pretty sure he's the one that played at St. John. And uh, to watch his game from there, where he was pretty much like a hustle man, spot up three guy that could get in and in, in transition player to watch him grow and, and be a shot creator and again, make winning plays and, 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 and uh, make one of defensive plays. He really impressed me so far uh, during the summer league. Yeah. One more for you. Um, well, it's not, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a wobbler. I mean, no, actually, I can't even bring him up because he doesn't really count for this. I do want to talk about Keegan, but I don't even think it's like respectful enough to even talk to him about like he's bro. He could he he should have been on the bench where everybody else watching and take a picture. So. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to get his feet wet though. He wanted to see where he was at. And bro, the way he's looking, dog. <laughs> he was a playoff starter, dog. He walked in there and dropped forty-one. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing, bro. Come on. Bro, he was just checking the temperature, bro, see what they was on, dog. He had to see what was going on, bro. He had to show Chris what it was real quick, bro, that he, that he owned. Wasn't he Summer League MVP last year? Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he was. The Summer League MVP, last, I might be tweaking. But yeah, I'm he, had sure to, he had the nerve to play two games, bro. <laughs> bro, but I, I'm happy he did that, bro, because – Honestly, he's one of those players that one he's not really vocal. So like the what you're gonna see from him and, and him getting off what he needs to get off is gonna be on the court. And, and bro, his improvements and from what I've seen offensively, bro, it's it's gonna be bad. The Kings are of course have something to be excited about this year. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly excited to really him watching him really made me excited to see how this Western Conference works out this year, bro. Because I feel like the Kings are being another situation to where. They're going to be a very dangerous team, whether it's the first or second round, and it all depends on the matchup. I honestly feel like if a couple different adjustments in that first round against the Warriors, bro, they could have easily won that series. But, mm-hmm. again, not too much on Keegan. He doesn't even deserve to even be in this conversation right now, bro. Is like He was Kawhi out there pretty much looking the way he looked. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I do want to give you a – Now, ahead. go ahead. But I was going to bring up disappointments. Give us give, give, give – shoot another shout-out out. Last one, we, I can't believe we forgot him because we was raving about him before we hopped on. See, I think George, bro. Oh yeah, we were we're, we yeah. were stressed about the Jazz finding a, a point guard, and maybe he's not an all short starter starting out the season, but he, they do have a point guard for the future. And 
I, I do feel like one his scoring ability. One everybody thought he wasn't going to be a consistent scorer. So far, he's looking like a guy that can heat up on his own and get to create for others. He's not maybe not as good as he scores, but I can see the the, the ability to create for others as well. Mm-hmm. And he's just again another player that you're going to just enjoy watching. And Utah has another player. Well, one he's in Utah, so anything they get out there is going to be exciting for them. But in general, bro, he's gonna be he's gonna be a fun guy to watch this year coming up. So I'm I'm excited to see him as well. I like how deliberate he's been when it comes to like looking for his own bucket. Mm-hmm. Like he he knows his spots. He knows where he likes to score at. He knows his spots. He knows he, he knows where to get to once he's creating. Like when like when it comes to creating space, and he really excelled at it. And it's something that we weren't able to see. At Baylor, because I mentioned this a few episodes ago, and me and you talked about it before. Baylor's not a place where one and done players are going to come and, and put up 19, 20 <clears> points <throat> a game and have free range to just do whatever they want with the ball and go out there and score. They're a team that mm-hmm. plays team basketball. You got to, you got to, you got to pass the rock around. And like I was telling Colin before, like when when they're relevant, it's not just because of one guy. It's because they, it's because of multiple guys. Think of that year, yep. went to the tip of uh, Mark Vital. Uh, Davion Mitchell, Jared Butler, all them, like it was, it was multiple guys that that playing like mm-hmm. a team effort. So with Keontae, it was kind of, it was kind of wrong to expect him to come in and be what we saw in high school and and be that one and done guy like I was talking about, putting him 19 plus points a game and getting all those shots he and getting any shot he wants. He just wasn't able to play like that. So, but I think it did help him out where you kind of pointed out to his, his, as his, as far as his creation skills because he's really shown some good uh like some good vision and, and good ability to make reads and then pick a role and stuff like that. And I, I again I was I was kind of iffy on I was kind of iffy on the pick as far as like the like the fit or whatever, but I could definitely see him fitting in. And um I I, I like I'm I'm. Kind of back on, I'm kind of back on the hype train with him. He he, he, he had me shook a little bit, but I, I I had to shout him out, bro. He he been snapping so far. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and talk, talk about some disappointments that you have seen so far. Some like some like it don't even got to be about specific players. It can be like uh, you know just go ahead. It's just disappointments like here. yeah, go ahead, bro. Again, I did not expect this player to be like a. I had high hopes for this player, but considering the way he where he got picked at, it was just like, bro, you better come in the, in the summer league and be coming crazy, and, and he hasn't been. And that's Jet Howard, bro. He, yeah, I don't, I haven't even one. We all knew coming into here, his defensive potential wasn't really anything to really be worried about. He doesn't really have any right now, and I, honestly, I feel like that's because of his build. He's very a slender, slender, lanky shooter guy. But even then, on his on his offensive side, he hasn't shown up like to me to whatsoever to be considered. What, what what pick did he get picked again, bro? Was it eleven? Yep. So, and don't get me wrong, I, I I think I said it on the last pod where I was kind of I think I brought this up again. I felt like they should have great drafted Grady there. And even though Grady is having his his growing pains as well, I still feel like visually Grady looks like the better option and better player at that pick. Considering, especially what they tried to grab, they wanted a shooter. Clearly, yeah, or a guy that if, is, if, if, exactly. If you want a shooter, you, you get the best shooter in the draft at that point. Like, and 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 to me, he wasn't considering everything else. He comes with the baggage he came with. One, his his lack of defensive potential. 
Because honestly, bro, I don't really see what else he can do for you other than be a, like a spot up, maybe off the off the off screen shooter. It's just, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna be hard on him considering he got picked 11th, but I still have hopes for him, bro. But I just don't see the one. I don't think he really fits with the Magic, honestly. But I don't think so either. Because one, in my opinion, he's like a tweener. Like he, and and that's rare in a, in, a, in a league now where like it's pretty much positionless. But I generally mm-hmm. can't tell if he's a three or a four because he he's about six. He's he's pretty big to be a two, but he doesn't have that consistent separation ability or like nope. that that ability to raise up and hit, hit a bucket or like contest like contested shots. Like a lot of his shots are wide open or like lowly contested that he makes. So, and like as, as far as a three, like he's not going to be able to guard. He, he he's a little too light and he's not like. He, that defensive ability is not there for him to be guarding three. That's that can bully him and take him on the block and stuff like that. So yeah. it's it, it's kind of weird. Like I I've only watched the one game of him so far. I think he went like three or thirteen or, or something like that. And a lot of his shots looked rough. He didn't really look too comfortable, and and it just looked like he tried too hard to show why the Magic took this risk on him at number eleven. In my opinion, at least, is a risk. But I think he, I think he sees it that way too, because he wasn't he wasn't projected to go that high. Nope. And I I didn't I don't nobody we did a, we did a mock draft with had him going that high. Um, mocks I was looking like reading and stuff like didn't really have him going that high. He so was I, a first round pick. I ain't gonna do that to him. But he was like he, a a twenty. He was twenty. He was twenty and lower, like to the twenty range or in the twenties. So yeah, just, he, he was another guy. I think. I think he should have went to a little more of an established team. Like, I think he would have been nice in a place like Brooklyn, like a little, like a, a little spark plug off the bench where he has some perimeter defenders around, like like Royce O'Neal and, and guys like I think uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is still there, guys like that. But coming here, like surrounded by these young guys, where you pretty much got your like one one. You already have your core. Exactly. You already have your core, Franz. Franz, exactly. Which. Yeah, that makes it even more confusing because yeah, Franz. They're pretty like, much the same size, but Franz plays that tweener position so much better because he can do so much more for the team on the floor other mm-hmm. than just scoring. And not to mention last year, fellow Michigan bro, uh, Caleb Houston from last year's draft. He's been he's been playing really good in the summer. Yeah, league. yes, he has. He has been. He Yo, has. his his he found his jumper. And they're kind of the same, and they're kind of the same person. <laughs> yeah, but Caleb, so uh, Caleb a little weird. Caleb yeah, is a little more is. than Jet is, and his game's a little more clear cut than Jet, where Jet showed himself off to be a shot creator. But in, in the A, I don't see that happening because he's at, 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 if he's playing the two guard, where well, he like still said like six seven six eight, a buck ninety five two hundred. Mm-hmm. He. And, and doesn't have he doesn't really have athletic the athleticism like to compete with other guys. Like it, I, I just don't really see it working on a team like the Magic. So I, I definitely agree with you on that one. But I'm gonna throw one, I'm gonna throw another guy out there who I can I, I'm gonna tie it to Jet who I said I think is trying a little bit too hard out there to prove himself. Cam Whitmore and Cam Whitmore's been playing pretty good. He he played pretty good, but there's a lot of things that. Well, the main thing was he's not passing the ball. He's not passing the ball whatsoever. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and bring up the play me and you've been harping on these past couple of days where they got the steal on the fast break at half court. 
that man Thompson was right there, a couple paces ahead of him. All he had to do was advance the ball, and he would have got the ball back. He tried to plunge it into the to, in, in, into the paint, get to, get the the turn the ball over. And it's been multiple plays like that. And even in today's game where they were playing, I think they were playing the Thunder, mm-hmm. where he he's just jacking up like just random three balls and just random trade balls once he gets his hand on once he gets his hands on the ball. And it's like he's not playing within the flow of the offense. He's not trying to make he's not he's not trying to like get other guys involved. It's kind of like it's just it's him against the world. And I can see why you feel that way when you were projected top five pick and you dropped the number twenty. So, I mean, like, I, I, I wholeheartedly understand. Even Ime Udoka was talking about it during a sideline interview. Where he's like, I understand where he's coming from. But at the end of the day, it's like, we're here now. We want you. You just got to play ball. But I think he's kind of he, – he's got a couple chips on his shoulder. Not this, He's got a couple chips on his shoulder. And he's really <laughs> – like, he, he's really going out there to try to prove himself. But uh, nevertheless, on paper, he, he's putting up good numbers. Um, he has. He, there's a lot of things that you could like to be impressed about as far as uh, his ability to finish through contact that we've seen. His jumper has been falling a little bit. His ability to finish the transition. There's a lot of things to be excited about. Mm-hmm. So, um, give me your thoughts on Cam Whitmore because I know yeah, we, we, he's, he's been a polarizer player so far um, since the draft in summer league. When he's doing right, he's fun to watch. When when he's <laughs> not, it's just. A lot of the things he's not doing is something you can see he can easily work on. And it's just right now, the way his mind is clouded, it's just it's, – it, it really is like a – he has like a bloodlust for, 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 for proving himself. And honestly, bro, I think, one, the Rockets know who you are. I'm pretty sure everybody that knows you knows who you are. And you don't really have to go out there and overprove yourself. I think that's what, we, what he's falling into right now, bro. And honestly – but uh, just before we got got on, I was watching a few plays after he was making his mistakes. He had a couple. One, I think his three ball is is a lot more, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Legit. He got he got. But it's, but it's all it's all about his shot selection. He doesn't need that to be his like his strength amount his game. That's not really his game, bro. Is athletic. He knows how to get downhill. He knows how to push the floor, work yourself mm-hmm. in, and then come out. Work, go back to the outside. That'll make yourself comfortable and get yourself warmed up. Um, but yeah, I, I, bro, honestly, again, he's still the, uh, one of the best steals of the draft. I think he'll end off the, the season coming up as still one of the best steals of the draft, considering how low he went when he was projected to be a top five, top seven play, player. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, listen, he'll, he'll be fine. I think he'll be perfectly fine. It, it is going to be a little weird considering they kind of, they kind of, they are in a log jam spot in that go one, one to two position. Right. I don't really see him playing the three. I have to see him more defensively. That's one thing I, I'm not really worried, but I'm interested to see how he how he takes how he kind of takes that on this season coming up is the defense. Yeah. Like obviously athletic. He has he has the the, the motor for it. I, I just it's just all about commitment. Um, yeah, and, and not, not to cut you off, bro. As far like I'm gonna touch on like as far as you saying what position he plays as far as the two and the three. I think with me personally, I do think he's a three. But when it comes to that defensive aspect of playing that position and playing the wing, and the wing guys are going to have to guard night in and night out on the, in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I, it, 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 some people may laugh at this, but he still takes some note from Dylan Brooks, who did just signed to that big contract. He still takes some notes where, as far as being an agitator. Because Dylan Brooks is nowhere near athletic as Cam Whitmore is, but he makes it happen on the defensive end at most 
when he when he's locked in and he and he's playing the game correctly. We also got to take into consideration they have Ime, a defensive minded coach. So exactly. So I'm and I honestly considering. I was going to throw in considering you know the, all the Dylan Brooks antics. I don't, I don't think he ends up going there and kind of giving off that same bravado or persona. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe he does in some kind of way, but it's going to be a lot more dialed down and, 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 and precise than just to be out there just doing anything you want and, and think it's going to work. Right. So you're uh, you're right, Dylan. Dylan being there is honestly going to help out the team in general, and he may being there since he's like a defensive minded coach. So I'm definitely excited to see that, and that'll be one of my big points for our next topic. I had one more disappointment, and we low key with letting guys slide right now. Low key letting. I got, I got a couple. I, I I only got one more guy in mind, but go ahead, bro. Bro, Brandon Miller, bro. Oh, all right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I wish Colin was here, so uh, we we can we can have this this conversation with with the guy that was sitting there keeping for him. Yeah, and then and not just, to sit here and, and not just go ahead, bro. My fault. Go ahead, go ahead. And not to sit here. I don't want to sit there and throw a trash bag on him, but bro, it isn't exactly. looking horrible. But bro, again, is not looking like a number two prospect at all. Exactly, exactly. And all the things I said, we've said that he's going to struggle with one defense, two creating the ball, creating shots for himself off the dribble. Mm-hmm. They're they're honestly just showing in in the summer league. So I can't imagine what he's going to be doing day in and day out, growing. His growing pains are going to be bad, put it this way. The, the player he may become or can become is going to be a lot of growing pains, and it's going to take a while from what I've seen. Right. Um, but, yeah, he's just not looking. I mean, the defense is evident when, when we saw those 15 fouls he picked up in two games. Two games, bro. Two games. Yep. It's just – I don't know. Again, bro is not horrible. He not a, he's a I feel like he's a solid prospect, but considering how high he went, I just need more. And and I guess we can kind of kind of parry that off with Wemby considering his first game performance. Uh-huh. But again, but again, him shooting bad in that first game didn't deteriorate from him doing any, everything else on the floor. He was creating for others. He was blocking shots, he was grabbing rebounds. Exactly. Again, Brandon. Brandon has been grabbing boards. I'm not going to sit here and act like he hasn't been. But mm-hmm. again, bro, we need. I just need more. And maybe I'm being stingy, and I mean, maybe I'm I'm being a little too hard on him. But I just need more, bro. No, I definitely agree with you. He definitely got to show more. He's putting up 13 points, nine and a half boards though, which is fine. But again, that that defense we we've been talking about hasn't been showing up. His screen navigation is horrible. Like. It, it low key reminds me of watching Cam Reddish who play for us and trying to trying to run over trying to run around screens. Like he did again, he he just dies on he just dies on the screens, bro. And he doesn't really show no fight like toughness or fight like on a defensive end consistently. But he's shown some things like in spurts like to be pretty excited about because I don't want to keep trashing him like 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 you're saying because I I can't see I I can see him being becoming a pretty decent player. It's just it's just my whole thing is he's not a he's not. He's not a top three, top five prospect in my eyes. But he's shown at certain points he's a flamethrower. We know that he gets shoot from the outside. In mm-hmm. short, in, in, in short, uh, in short instances, he can create shots. And I'm talking about like a couple dribbles, a, a few dribbles, step back. Like he has some, he has a few moves in his bag he can go to to create his space and to get his shot off. He's a lot more athletic than I thought he was. Um, 
even though he can't really get to the rim to finish because his his, his handles would allow him to. Like he gets stripped a lot. He he, he like God can get in and get to his bare basket easy. So it's right. His aspects to his game that he that he really excels at. Another thing I want to point out, he's a he's a bit of a better passer than I thought too. A lot of those passes he makes, like a transition and leading guys with with those passes, he's very good at that. But mm-hmm. as far as 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 far as like the scoring aspect, there's a lot of things that's that's like I'm I'm waiting to see, like I'm waiting to see like grow a little bit more to see if he'll be Paul George, which a lot of people are calling are calling him, where he'll be a 24 to 25. 26 point per game score, or if he's just going to be like a, in my opinion, like a Harrison Barnes, Danny Granger, 18, 19 point per game scorer, you know? But um, I like that you, you mentioned Wimby because I also wanted to slide into that too, real quick, where uh, you, you did, uh, you, you pulled up his first game too, where he, he had a, he had a rough time. You know, I think he shot like two or 13 at nine points. Um, he moved off the block real easy. Moved up the, he's he looking was lost out there at the times. Ball. Super weak with the ball, did look loose, lost. Yep. And, and I wanted to point. Looked like he didn't have a gas, and like his gas tank was low. Like he just wasn't really keeping up with the with the motion of the game. And this may be some type of rebuttal or me trying to make an excuse for him, but I forget who was commentating at the time. But they were explaining that one, the man was just in the finals about like four weeks ago, five weeks ago. I would say that's, that's why I was telling you though, I was watching again. He just but and and. and and also, what I've been hearing is I don't all the things he's been involved in. I, I don't think Bro really wants to be a part of that that spotlight. I think that's one of the reasons why he loves San Antonio so much is the structure. Right. Wemby's been since he was fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. He's been off the of structure, off his of schedule, off of just being mm-hmm. precise and, and methodical with with his process of getting into the league or playing basketball professionally. Right. And all the extra antics and the, the NBA tournament announcement and being there and the being in, in there. It's like all that stuff is getting in. Bro just wants to sit in sit in San Antonio, bro, and work on his game. And that's one of the reasons why I think he ended up getting called calling quits for the summer league. Not him, but the, the San Antonio Spurs wanted to call it quits, so he can just go home and work on his game. So now, do I necessarily agree with it or or like it? Not really. Honestly, I feel like he could have. I feel like he could have entered the preseason a little bit more comfortable if he would have played a few more games. Maybe right. or maybe not. But yeah. I do feel like his second game was worthy, though. Of, and what we've seen from his second game was definitely a build-up of the first game, considering his mm-hmm. rebounding, his defense, praying for others. He just got his shot up. I've seen him in a couple mid-ranges. He was what attacking he the ball. like 25 or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like 25. Snagging boards. He had his own little self-putback dunk. You know, everybody loves seeing him do. So it's just... He looks good. I, I'm still – I'm not necessarily worried. It's just that, that him getting moved off the block so easily, he's going to have to figure out ways. If, if, again, if he's not planning on putting on weight, he's going to have to figure out how to use his body and his length to kind of mask that or cover that as, as mess as possible. I feel like that's going to be his literally main problem. Yeah, and, and that's something that's going to come because he talked about it on draft night where everybody wants him to bulk up where he sees it in his mind where is. He's fine with the frame he has. He has to just get stronger. He just has to. He just has to develop more power in his in his core and in his his shoulders and his arms and his, his lower body, which is I I think is the is the best way to go about it because you don't want him to lose his mobility and his agility. Mm-hmm. But as, Mitchell as Robinson, precisely, you gained like seventy pounds that off. Bro, I don't know what he was doing. But 
Yeah, you don't want him. Yeah, you don't want him to lose that agility and that 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 lighter foot that he has. But it's going to be. I can see it happening a lot in his rookie season. But we've seen in his first game him simply being taken out of games because you, you, even off ball, when you put a body on him, he's taken out. He could, it's easy to take him out the play. Or he's trying to establish himself down down court again. You move him off the block, or you just you get him around him real quick easily. He's out the play. Because he, he can't really compete with you physically yet, and again he's coming off playing up until the finals of last season of of his French league that ended a few weeks ago. So I think one I think the Spurs I, I don't I don't I don't blame the Spurs whatsoever for shutting him down because one I think they seen what they wanted to see from him in that second game where he did go off. He he had a much better game. He looked a lot more comfortable. He got a shot off a lot more. And um, I, I frankly, I think they just wanted him to end off on a good note. They didn't want him to go out there and have another bad game, possibly, and hear it all from the media and stuff, calling him Anthony Bennett and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and they didn't want to, they didn't want him to have to go through all that, and and deservedly so. So, I, I yeah, I, I think, I think Wemby, he, he showed us what he, he showed us what he's capable of, and I think he, he should just work on developing his game and develop, de- uh, developing his body until the preseason comes. But um. Did you did you have any more disappointments though? Did you, is there anybody else that you, you want to see some more from? I, I remember we was talking about Jaden Ivy not really showing. That yeah, there's second. a couple second year players. There's a couple second year players, Jaden Ivy and Benedict Matherin. Mm-hmm. They're one for Benny. He's 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 jacking. I ain't even gonna lie to you. He's he's jacking. He's playing like that's, in certain aspects. Right and. Not to harp on them too too much, but I feel like they're going through the same thing. Kind of, they're 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 kind of trying. Honestly, bro, I don't even know how to what it, how exactly to put it. But I I felt like the, them two are both supposed to come into this this summer league, their second year in the league, hop in for like three, four, or five games, bro, and and then go back to to training camp, head back to the facility, and and mm-hmm. for both of them, I feel like they need, they need to stay the whole entire time. Honestly, and kind of figure out what they need to get. I, and I really feel like it's just shot selection for one, and Jaden yeah. needs to work. Uh, and Jaden honestly needs to work on his ability to score off the off his own dribble. Because yeah. considering that you you have a star there now, another guy that can't really necessarily score for himself other than inside, you're going to be the need the guy his, his second guy other than Kay Cunningham and whoever else is on the court with you to make it yeah. easier for him and make you a better player for one. Because bro, like like Stephen A. always says, bro, I wish we had him, bro. Is we everybody sees the potential he has. Everybody see knows what we he can do. And I, honestly, I feel like he'll be fine. It's just shocking to see, considering all the other two, three year players that's in the summer league now going crazy. Right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely feel that. Yeah. I, and uh, you touching on the Asar on the Asar thing. Asar, uh, I wasn't upset. Like I wasn't upset with like how we played so far in the summer league. I think he put up like he's putting up like nine points or something like that. Some way he put up a, a pretty stat stat line. It's just the shooting in, in the shot creation I've seen in the mid-range where he would try to create in the mid-range and he just absolutely had nothing for you. Um, He, he has got like two air balls in the mid-range off of the dribble. And you just tell that's not where he's comfortable at. And um, again, you're correct. You got to, as Jaden Ivey, you got to kind of, one, be able to set him up and direct him into certain places and in certain areas where you can have him score off the ball as a lob or as a cutter. And two, you gotta have your your shooting itself as, as uh, off the dribbler in the mid range or from from uh, from deep. It's gotta be better. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be more consistent to kind of make up for that because it opens the floor up a lot more for guys like Asar 
to get those backdoor cuts, to get the ball in the paint like he's like, like he's uh like he's used the custom to. So yeah, I, I definitely think uh Detroit it's, it's uh funny we ended up on them because we I'm definitely gonna switch the topic to uh uh, our our top cores, bro, and Detroit's one of one of the ones that we're going to be talking about. But um, we're going to start from the bottom to the top with this. Give me we're going to do top three. Give me your third best young cores. I'm talking like guys mostly 25 and under in the league right now. My third, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Houston. Okay. All right, and one, honestly, I feel like Houston's – the layout of their roster, I feel like, is potentially one. But considering where they're at and how they're starting off, I feel like they're kind of starting a little bit farther behind than the other teams that I'm going to name at, at two and one. But I feel like they're, one, adding Amani, Ime Adoka, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, controversial money, I know, but considering what they can bring for those young guys, one guy being a champion, one guy being a, a defensive specialist in a way, if you want to call him that. Um, right. I just feel like they're leading into the right direction. They let go some of the talent they needed to got rid of, hence KJ Martin. And considering he may being a defensive-minded coach, the tools he has at his hand, at his disposal, Tari Eason and Jabari Smith, now, the hard thing is going to be finding rotation and then finding who can play with who and who's going to get the most minutes out of who. And Honestly, bro, if it was possible, I would literally play Tari, uh, Jabari, and Sangoon all at once, bro, if, if it was possible. Literally. literally. So, but then that also logjams their guard position considering they have three starting potential starting guards and Fred Van Vliet, Kevin Porter Jr., and, and Jalen Green. So... Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why they're three. There's still a log jam there. They still have a lot to get uh, work on, but I still love their core. They have so many players I enjoy watching on that team. They unfortunately got rid of rid of my guy Josh Christopher, but he. I feel like they're going to be their their future is, is 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 very bright now. But I still feel like they have a lot of work to do though. Where I like that Houston is definitely in my top three. Um, for a lot, for a lot of the same reasons you said, they just have a lot of young guys that's enjoyable watching. Um, but I'll touch on that when I get to them because at number three, I actually had the Detroit Pistons. Um, and it was it's been kind of hard like going through these teams in my head because there's a lot of these there's a lot of young guys where it's all about the fit and it's all about a lot of these teams have log jams like you're talking about. And have a lot of young guys that are like on the same timeline, but play to like a lot of the same positions or have a lot of like play style that overlap each other, which is why like a team like the Orlando Magic, who has some guys like I really like, like, like especially like Paolo Bancaro, they fell out of my top three simply because mm-hmm. a lot of their guys, I don't know what, what the future's got in store for them as far as being a part of that team outside of like Paolo, Franz, and maybe Markel, who I don't think Markel's even under 25 anymore, but still. I just don't know as far as, like, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony, guys like that go. I don't know what's going on with them. Bro. I don't know what they mm-hmm. got playing. And um, I like Anthony Black, but Jet Howard still got a lot to show for me. So I, that's why I team like Orlando left out. But I'm going to go with uh, Detroit here because their, t- it, it, their team, it, they're either going to be the scariest team in the league one day or one of those teams that blew it with a bunch of young guys 
and those young guys go other places sometime down the line, and we'll look back at them like, damn, if they all stayed with the Pistons, they would have went crazy. Mm-hmm. But, again, the Pistons have a log jam with their bigs. Um, we're going to start with James Wiseman, Jalen Duran, and um, Isaiah Storr, who just signed himself a nice contract. Well-deserved, I might add, because he brings a lot to that team as far as toughness and rebounding and, and, uh, and defensive versatility. But the development of Wiseman and Duran is going is to be something to look at because we see him in summer league now where Wiseman looks a little more comfortable. And he, he actually he, – he brings a different demeanor to the game now. He's yelling at guys. He's, like, he's yelling at the dunks. He's staring guys down. He brings a bit of a different demeanor than when we see him in Golden State. But I think the Detroit Pistons as a team and as a franchise covet what Jalen Duran brings more because one is art is more clear cut and is more translatable to the guy that they play with as far as being mm-hmm. an insane runner with a huge physique and and, 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 and and crazy athleticism because he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. And if, if he's not scoring and if he has four or five points maybe – only on three, four shots, he's still effective in other areas as far as blocking shots and protecting the rim and rebounding, where Wiseman needs the ball in his hand to be effective and um, right. score. So, but I still like what they got. I still think they can, they can create a lot with that. And with their, like, with their guards and slash wings, such as Cade, Ivy, and, um, and Asar, who they just drafted, it all boils down to – it really all boils down to at least two of those guys developing a, a consistent jump shot and Kay Cunningham stay healthy. So I think if, if everything, and, and it's going to be a lot, but if everything like aligns, like they figure out like what to do as far as like the Wiseman and the run thing goes, you figure you get a Sar Thompson's offensive game a little more developed because he's already had a lot of things he could translate now to help those guys out. You keep Kay Cunningham healthy and turn him into that perennial star, that number one pick you know he is. And have Jada Ivy as the as, as that wingman, that second that like that second option, that second best player on your squad. Mm-hmm. Detroit can be a scary fucking team, bro. Detroit can be scary. But I only I have them at three for right now. And uh I'll explain later why. I have my other two teams uh ahead of them. But I'm gonna give the floor back to you. Who's your second best young core in the league right now? You honestly kinda you made you made my two a lot harder than I thought it was. I was honestly gonna go with Orlando, but once you kind of moved Orlando off your list and gave you explanation why, bro, I kind of feel a little, a little stupid <laughs> bringing up Orlando. So I'm I mean, I'm a jacket I'm a jack I'm a honestly jacket number three pick because for one, I'm I'm gonna put Detroit at two, and here's why. I feel like one the way the way the disputes distributed as in their potential star players is a little bit better than Houston. And I feel like the way they're set up is just the same exact way they're set up in, in Detroit with Monty Williams, a guy that's defensive-minded, a guy that's mm-hmm. going to be a very, very, very good mentor for those young guys, and I can't wait to see how he molds them. He's considering, locked up there for a while, too. Yep. So, I, I, and considering they're in the East as well, I feel like they'll have a faster growing growing phase being in the East. So I'll put them higher specifically for that reason and, and the reasons you just you just named. But if you don't mind, I'm going to jump into my number one and I'm going to let you do your two and one. But I believe mm-hmm. our number one is going to be the same and we can kind of collaborate and tag team on that. But my number one is going to be the Thunder. Okay, yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. You can do, do, your, yeah. do your two right quick. On the flop, I got, I got the Thunder. I mean, not the Thunder. I got the Rockets at two. 
simply because I think their core is a little accelerated more getting the best that they got with Fred right. Van Even though I don't think that was the connector type of point guard as far as being an older guy for the Rockets, I think he just got his bag there. To be honest with y'all, they needed to use the money. And they overpaid Dylan Brooks, but again, they had to use the money. But I think it got how would like you? Fred how would you? This still this sounds crazy. It sounds super crazy. How would you have felt if they would have possibly? Ex- well, no, Jalen can't even get extended, can he? No, I don't think he can get extended until like next season. But just to throw this out there, how would you have felt if they would have either cut cut Fred's money or not grabbed him at all and grabbed a a guy like Kyle Lowry returning to Houston? On a like two year on a, on a pretty much a Russell Westbrook contract, bro. If you if honestly considering, bro, because Fred is at a, at a point in his age where one he's he doesn't, bro, he's not old enough for him to just be just jumping on a young team and just sitting there and being a, a vet guy making one hundred and forty million. I mean, some nah. some could some could say he can because he went he he got his chips. He might he, some could say he cool now. Bro, I'm a, I I low key ran back his chip stats. Bro wasn't really going as crazy as I thought he was. He didn't go crazy he, until the season no, he, after. Yeah, yeah. He he had some struggles, but throughout that playoff run, though, he was he was definitely cake. He was he was running. He was, but again, I, I would have liked a lot lesser paid person, and maybe a little bit older of guy that doesn't really have. I shouldn't say much left to play for because I feel like I'm not really a huge Kyle Lowry fan, so this feels weird defending him. But I still feel like one he, yeah, I can't think of anybody else. But I feel like one Kyle Lowry used to play in Houston. He's mm-hmm. a defensive-minded type of point guard. He's a he's a hard-nosed point guard. Things that those the Houston kind of needs, and I feel like they could have got him at a cheaper price than paying Fred Van Vliet 140 mil for three years. Yeah. yeah, but again, they had you. Shout out to Brooke for getting his bag, though. But I would have liked you in like the Lakers or something, or, or, or something like that, bro. But yeah, but I, I think Fred sees it as an opportunity, like to help out a, a young guy like 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 Jalen Green to kind of slow the game down, trust his teammates a little bit more, and explain and show him like winning aspects of the game, such as playing defense, because Fred's another hard nosed defender. Um, he's another guy that goes out there and makes winning plays. So I think him going out there and helping helping a young guy like Jalen Green out, um, even a Kevin Porter Jr. who we receive, he's probably going to come off the bench now. Um, and a Men Thompson, all these young guards, I think could learn a lot from Fred Van Vliet while during his time there. And he just take things with him, like during that, during like whether like after he leaves or whatever, and it's just them if they're still mm-hmm. all together, and. Use those, use that winning, some of those winning ingredients to, like, to push themselves a little bit farther, and to improve certain aspects of their game that 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 contributes towards winning, such as like with Kevin Porter Jr. It's not even with him. It's more so. I think going back to the best is going to be the best room because one, he had that ball in his hands a lot more, especially playing with a guy like a man who's not going to shoot the ball as much. It's not too much of a shot creator. And kind of like to play off ball a little bit more anyway. If he does, if he's not bringing the ball up or initiating the offense, so I think right. it's going to be. I think it's going to be good for a guy like K, like KP uh, KPJ. I think Fred kind of helps him through that whole like through that whole thing because he he has been a starter for a couple of years, and um, I know he wants to win too, but I just think he I just think he helps these guys mature. I think he just helps these guys mature a little bit more. 
and uh, come together more as a, as a unit um, with one. But as far as the rest of the roster, you already know how I feel about Opera Sangoon. That's probably since since my guy, our guy Melo retired. That's probably my, my favorite guy in the league right now. My favorite player in the league right now. Um, he, he's just a, he's just another guy that's a joy to watch. He's a joy to watch pass and to make his teammates look good. Um, Tyree Easton, Jabari Smith, who who uh, we've been talking about all night long. Um, I I just really trust this young core guys. That I shouldn't say trust, but I trust them in the hands of Ime Goka. Who's gonna help groom these guys and to make these guys professionals? And um, that, I, yeah, I love. I I, I just I honestly love their core. I really wanted to go be disrespectful and put them at one, but I couldn't do that yet. They ain't they ain't really proved nothing for me to do. I was that. gonna be brave and 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 cheat and put the Pacers at two, but they kinda... yo, I was about putting the Pacers in there too. Though. I was thinking like yo, they, a lot of these guys older, like Miles, Buddy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, they a little bit old. Teach them, like, like, like they, they a little bit older, bro. They a little bit older. But this number one, though, since I'm pretty yeah, sure this is your unanimous number one. Yeah, it's probably, number. probably top three favorite players in the league right now. My boy SGA, Shea Gillis, Alexander. Um, another, probably I, hot take. Other than Paulo, he was my favorite rookie last year, and that was Jalen Williams, J E L E N, not J A L Y N, the one from Arkansas. But I liked mm-hmm. him as well for his rookie season. He had a great rookie season for both Jalen's really had a good a good rookie they season. Both played good, yeah. Um one, I felt like again, another draft pick that I was a little confused by, but once I seen him playing a summer league, I see why they drafted and they grabbed Kassan Wallace in the draft this year. I like him, I like him off the bench. He gives Isaiah Joe I, I, enough freedom to just flow it out there on the three point line off the bench now and spray as much as you want instead of having a ball in his hands as much. Mm-hmm. Um same thing for three man. Right. Um, so just in general, the one Chet's coming back, I, I think people honestly forget about him a lot. I like, as another person, we didn't really get a chance to talk about for summer league performance. He has been looking solid. He hasn't mm-hmm. blown, he hasn't blown everybody away, but I feel like he's slowly but surely warming himself up and getting his feet wet back into where he kind of left, not even left off because he had, didn't, didn't even get a chance to get started. Yeah. But I feel like his, him accenting, he's going to accent them really, really, really well. Um, it's just the only thing I may concern is a, maybe a backup center, interior defender, other than Jalen Williams. I feel like Chet, at the end of the day, he is a great shot blocker considering his length and his size. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they still need like a stoic, sturdy guy down there to back him up uh, alongside Jalen Williams as well. That's my yeah, only recipe. Yeah, I, I feel like they they need a true they do need a true center down there because a lot of points last year they had the other they had Jay Will. Not Jay Dub, mm-hmm. but Jay Will playing center last year at like six seven. I don't even gonna hold you. He, he that's that's he look, he's looking good out there. He was holding his own. He was really holding his own. He's out there rebounding. He could teach. He's hard nosed. You know, on the offensive end, I honestly thought like when he's coming out, of, I think Arkansas it was. Yep, I thought he yep. was really raw and underdeveloped on that end. But he showed to be a really understanding passer and knows how, how to get how to get the ball to guys and he makes really good reads. Um, Seth really good screen to pulls off him hard. Decent spot up shooter when, yep, mm-hmm. decent spot up shooter. Yeah, so he he's got a lot to be excited about too because uh, he he brings a lot of versatility to the game and he does a lot of the dirty work for them. But they they do do need a true big man to kind of allow him to play in that. I like him in that like kind of like Draymond uh, or Trace Jackson Davis kind of like we we seen him at college last year where at the four, even Aaron Gordon were at the four. They have some of uh, they have some free reign to make decisions 
and right. to, uh, to play with the ball in our hands and stuff like that and just be out there and active on the defensive end. So him, J-Dub, like you said, with Chet, who I think uh, is going to take him some time to come back to get back and, and play his, his best because uh, he has been out for a year. But I think he comes out and he makes life a lot easier for them on the defensive end. And um, as a as another, just like scoring option as a big down low. Yeah, SGA, bro, I just think he, he – I just think he, he – He's doing what he does, putting up his, his close to 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Top three player seven. under 25. Exactly. His, his six, seven boards, six, seven boards, six, seven dimes. Right, he's going to be another. He's going to be an MVP candidate again next year. Like, plain and simple. He's going to be a – he's going to be an MVP. I, I think he's going to be, like, top four, top five. And, and another uh, reason why – I just wanted to throw this. It's another it's, – it's, Honestly, it's cheating. The Thunder about that. I think they have what thirty picks in the next like five years or seven years something or something like, like that. Seven picks or something. Yeah, something, something wild. So that's another reason why they're number one. They just want to have picks to build off of to either trade for a star or continue to just draft well, which they've proven they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, I really don't. I'm not going to question anything they pick from here on out. They've, they've drafted pretty much pristinely. Random guys like even like Pokushevsky, he 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 did what David he was meant to do out there. More than likely, he'll get traded if he hasn't already. I'm not sure yep. if he has. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm really they're literally like the 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 epitome of a rebuild. Rebuild. They did it the perfect way so far. Um, mm-hmm. they damn near made the playing in tournament off off another year where they're kind of still rebuilding. I could show you that one the the potential and the effectiveness of SGA. Just imagine if he had a second star or a guy like Chet. Who kind of grows and, and flourishes into his own. So yeah, OKC is number one, bro. I can't wait to see how they develop and figure out where where to go next. Yeah, and that's the separation from the rest, bro. The fact that they actually can develop, and that's why, like you mentioned, it was kind of confusing when they picked Payson. They traded up for him, actually traded up to ten for him. That's why it was kind of confusing. But at the same time, like you know, he's in good hands. They they do a good job with their guards. You see Trey Man getting better and better slowly but surely. Jose and Joe. That was another. That was another guy. I think he had a couple games in the summer league too, and he was snapping, wasn't he? He, he might have had the body of the summer league too. I even go. I forgot about his when I was bringing up. Uh, when I was bringing up Julian Champagne, he might have had the. <laughs> he dunked on Micah Potter. That guy was crazy. <laughs> But yeah, bro. OKC tough. I I I really trust. I, I, that's again, that's the team I trust the most simply because they put their guys in the best positions and they they don't play anybody outside of their comfort zone, and allowing nope. really allows them to. Uh, I'm I'm so mad because I don't know their coach name. I don't remember who their coach is, bro. I can't remember. Yeah, I feel bad now. I damn sure don't know. Last season was his first season, but I really like watching him coach and watching him bring up those young guys and and and, and it's still like. Winning culture and 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 winning and winning stuff into them, so I, I'm really high on OKC. That's why they're number, they're number one for me as well. But look, bro, it's it's been it's been a ball, man. It's been a while. It's been a, it's been a long episode. I ain't gonna hold you. We covered a lot of basketball. We covered a lot of stuff for summer league. I'm sure we're gonna get back sometime next week or later this week and talk some more stuff. You know, it's always mm-hmm. gonna be stuff new. But um, hey, bro, if you don't got anything else to say, yeah, we we can end it off right here. Hey, man. I- I'm good, man. I had fun tonight, man. It was, it was a good, it was a good pod. It was a good pod. For sure, for sure. Hey, you guys be you guys be on the lookout for the, our next uh very next episode after this. I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but you know, we're six six on podcast is always gonna bring it. The debates, the analysis, we always got it for you guys. So thanks to everybody that's been tuning in. Thanks to everybody that's uh, that's subscribing, that comment. 
uh, keep supporting us, and we're going to keep, uh, keep putting out the best content possible. Appreciate y'all.